Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, thanks for tuning into the podcast again. Tired of your business's healthcare costs unpredictably increasing every year? Healthcare costs are typically a business's second or third line item expense. And if you're like most employers, it's an expense that's growing faster than your revenue. Luckily for employers, Novetta Health has the solution. Novetta Health is a full-service healthcare consulting firm with proven strategies to lower your healthcare costs by up to 30% or more. They operate on a fee-for-service model and never mark up any of their medical or pharmaceutical claims. None of your employees have to leave their doctor or pharmacist either. Their health captive and pharmacy benefit manager are the most cost-effective and transparent solutions in the whole country. What they do is not magic. It's just honest. So if you're tired of overspending on health insurance and want to learn more, visit outcomesrocket.health save for a free spend analysis to see how you too could save by switching to Novetta Health. That's outcomesrocket.health save for your free spend analysis. Outcomesrocket.health save. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing Dr. Ray Costantini. He's the CEO and co-founder at Bright MD. Ray is a pioneering healthcare business leader, innovative physician, and seasoned entrepreneur who's passionate about healthcare. Prior to founding Bright MD, he led the design, build, deployment, and operations of three groundbreaking telehealth and digital health products at one of the largest health systems in the country. He also previously founded three successful companies and is a national speaker on health care innovation, telehealth, and patient engagement. These topics are all core to the operations and outcomes improvement efforts that many of you are listening to. At BrightMD, he oversees marketing, sales, partner success, engineering, and clinical content. So it's a true privilege to have Ray on the podcast today. Ray, welcome. Thank you, Saul. Looking forward to talking with you. Likewise. So did I miss anything in the intro that you want to highlight for the listeners before we continue? I suspect there's more interesting things to talk about than my background, but I guess the, the things that always stood out to me were that it is a combination that you really hit on. And I've been on both sides of the rail, bed rail. I've been both a physician and a patient and the family member of a patient. And I've been privileged to be on both sides of the, the business table, both on the health system side and now as a solution provider. And I think that combination of perspectives has really helped me look at things differently and, and hopefully be a better partner to the delivery systems that we work with and the, the patients and providers that we help. No, this is a really great, great point to bring up. The lens to be able to see it from, from all those angles is important. What would you say got you into the medical sector to begin with? It was definitely a passion for healthcare and for doing good in the world. I started much earlier in my career as an entrepreneur. I had come from a long line of entrepreneurs. It was one of those funny things. My, my dad was an entrepreneur and my grandfather was an entrepreneur. And I started down that path very early as well. Uh, it was in a very different industry. Uh, I did well, but I didn't, didn't love where, what I was doing and did well enough that I could kind of play the field and look for something that was less of a job and more of a vocation or a calling. And, and healthcare was definitely that. It was actually a funny thing. I told my dad that uh, I was going to go to med school. And uh, he said, why? <laughs> uh, he ended up being, he was, he was very supportive, but uh, it, was, yeah. it was interesting to start from a different perspective. There, so That's very uh, it's definitely been the right choice for me. 
That's cool, Ray. It sounds like you started on the entrepreneurial road, wanted to find more meaning, did the bedside, and now you're, you're back at it, but now with this new specialty, given your experience in healthcare. Yeah, it was. And I had, I had experienced, my, my mom had multiple sclerosis from when I was very early on as a child, and my dad had struggled with healthcare issues. And so I think that that's part of where that passion and calling came from. In the end, passion comes from personal experience. And I think they continue to build. We all experience healthcare. No, totally true. Now, tell me a little bit more about BrightMD and, and what you feel a hot topic that needs to be on every health leader's agenda today. Gosh, you know, I think the, the thing that we found is that it's easy to focus on some of the hot topics out there, the ones that people are really aware of, those uh, you know, consumerization of healthcare or provider burnout or patient access or transition to value-based care. There's a lot of really important things that are happening in healthcare right now. I found that the most interesting and valuable problems to solve are often not those ones that people are the most aware of, but the ones that are underlying those issues that people are aware of. The ones that are so, the problems that are so big and ubiquitous that people almost forget that they're there and they, they see the symptoms rather than the disease. And for me, I mean, what, what I've seen is, you know, there's this terrible supply-demand mismatch that we're struggling with in healthcare, where we've got 30% less capacity to deliver care and there is patient demand, and that's getting worse every single year because of a whole lot of reasons, both because of the increased needs from patients as they get older and our population grows, but also because of the provider burnout, the fact that providers are actually leaving healthcare. And then we start layering on these other challenges of, unlike every other industry, as we've brought IT to bear in healthcare, unlike every other industry where it's actually made things more efficient, We've actually seen a reduction in productivity and efficiency from IT in healthcare. And that's contributing to all those things as well. So fixing that, you know, we have this huge ocean of provider capacity that's really untapped. So it's all these all this time that providers are spending doing things way below top of license practice. Providers are spending even conservatively. 60 plus percent of their time on low-level administrative work. And that's not what clinicians spent more than a decade going to school for, and it's not the best way to be able to use their time. And that's really the, the core issue that we're trying to help with is we want to make access to care, cost of care, provider burnout, quality of care, all better by tapping into that ocean of capacity that's really being underutilized with clinicians. It's a great, great topic to focus on. Tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing at BrightMD, maybe some examples of how you're creating results or making things better. So what we, we, you know, we often get lumped into the telehealth category, which is not unfair, uh, and that we help enable care to be delivered remotely. But more importantly, what we do is something very different. It is care automation. So We've built a platform that really automates that care delivery process. It supports providers and lets them deliver that care, not only remotely, which is great for patients, really convenient, and it helps lower costs, but we're letting providers deliver care uh, much more efficiently. Instead of spending all their time on that administrative work, we actually, we interviewed the patient for the provider. We gather information from the EMR system and incorporate that into that interview process. 
we write the chart note for the provider. That's a third of provider time is just typing up these notes that they have after every single interview. And we do that for them. We do all the order entry. We do all the prescription writing. Uh, we'll do, we'll tee up the downstream referrals to any specialty services that are needed or diagnostics, finish the billing files. Uh, so by doing all of those things for the provider, what we do is we let them focus all of their time and attention where it should be, which is on that patient care. It's on providing diagnosis and treatment. And that means that they're able to do that in about two minutes of provider time as compared to the 20 that they're spending on all of the things that they shouldn't have to. And that means that care is less expensive. It means that providers are spending time where they want to. And it means that patients are able to get that more afford that care more affordably and much more quickly and in a more delightful way. And the other thing that's really neat as a clinician, you know, I hear care in two minutes and the first place my head goes is, well, but what kind of quality gets delivered? And what we're seeing is actually better adherence to evidence-based best practices. Because we're not time constrained, we can actually be more thorough in the interview of the patient. So we're actually seeing better outcomes through the smart exam uh, platform than you see in person or via video because we've removed those time constraints and we've been able to be more consistent and more thorough in that care delivery process than we've allowed our providers to be in those other settings. Fascinating. Ray, tell me a little bit more about who your customer is. Are you, are you working with provider organizations? Are you, are you working with uh, individual mm-hmm. physicians? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, we're primarily at this point focused on health systems, larger health systems. Okay. We work across the gambit with, we're working with uh, three of the five largest health systems in the country, uh, the not-for-profit health systems. We are also working with integrated delivery networks uh, that are as small as a single hospital. And we're working with some large independent physician ambulatory practices. So we were able to do that whole gambit. And our focus is primarily on those IDNs, the hospital plus ambulatory practice groups, but we get some breath in there as well. Love it. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt every week you see posts and, and articles and, and information about physician burnout, the quadruple aim. Yeah. It sounds like the work you're doing is very much targeted toward that, but going to the core of it, right? I mean, and oftentimes the core is not necessarily sexy. You got to get the dirty work done. <laughs> and it's beautiful that you guys are focused on, on the problem, not the symptoms. I'd love to hear as you've built the company and, and you've, you've rolled out uh, implementations, what's an example of a setback you've had and what you learned from that to make you better? Yeah. Well, I suppose I would think about that two different ways. The direct answer, I mean, like a, a setback that I've personally had as we've continued to grow and be successful as a company, it's been a challenge to let go of things. It's interesting to go from being the founder and one of the, a small handful of people who are the company to a really talented team of executives who are each better at their area of expertise than I am. And that process of that letting go has definitely been, I don't know if I'd call it a setback, but certainly a, a challenge. Yeah. And then in terms of in industry, it's interesting. We're by our nature and our DNA is that innovation. So I think some of the biggest setbacks that we run into are when we're, we're outpacing the healthcare industry's capacity for that. So, you know, we, we are out there, we're constantly pushing the envelope into different areas of care and, and helping people think about care and the care delivery process 
differently. And sometimes we step a little further than people are comfortable with. So I would say that's the most common setback that we run into. And it's what I found is that it's important to be able to recognize those and then take that step back, keep that thing that was pushing further than people were ready for in the hopper, but help people move along that path at a pace that's only a little bit uncomfortable, but that they're ready for. Yeah. No, I'd say that's a really good problem, Ray. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, Some people struggle. I think it's a high class problem to have in the spectrum of things. I'm not really complaining, but but it's still the interesting thing about high class problems is they're still problems and you have to do something about them. Without a doubt, right? You see what it could be. However, there's definitely some, as you called it, you know, capacity to implement challenges. And uh, yeah, you just got to play with the market and the appetite. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And the other thing I found is understanding people's incentives. What are they built around? And in healthcare, we started talking about this a little bit beforehand, but that it's a complex space and those incentives can be they can be less transparent than people would like them to be, but building a product that actually helps people do what they're looking for makes a big difference. You know, I mean, if yeah. you, if I went in and told clinicians, we've got this great product that will help you deliver higher quality care for the 2% of patients that are really complex and you don't know what's going on with them, but it's going to cost you 1% of efficiency on all of your other visits. That's a tough sell as a, while it may, it could make things better for some people, the fact of the matter is we're still humans. Clinicians are human, and, and that's not the way that we've built our industry to date. Now, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that, but understanding what people are looking to be able to get done and helping them do that, I think that's a continuous challenge in building great product. Oh, that's a great insight. So how about the other side of the coin, Ray? What would you say one of your proud medical leadership experiences has been to date? In some ways, it's harder to talk about the things you're proud of and things that you're learning from. <laughs> I suppose, you know, I think it's, I feel a lot of pride when I see clinician reaction to what, what we've built. You know, we'll show them what BrightMD can do. Actually, first, we'll tell them that, you know, we have this exciting new AI platform that helps them deliver high quality care in less than two minutes of time. And you can see the skepticism set in. And they're like, sure. then we show them what we built and how it works. And not only do we get these audible wows, but it actually, it catalyzes a change in how they're thinking about how healthcare can be delivered. You know, we've taken away all of the, the scut part of their job. We've made it so instead of spending 32 clicks to order a flu shot, they can actually deliver care in three. And not only do they get excited about what we're doing, they start to get excited about what we can do together. And I think that's that moment where I feel closest to our, our mission of transforming healthcare. It also increases my risk of doing the same thing we were talking about earlier, innovating ahead of where folks are ready to go, and especially when I get enthusiastic clinicians who are like, oh my gosh, there's so much more we can do. Mm-hmm. And that plays into my natural weakness of wanting to do more faster. No, that's really great. That's a great example. And definitely, I think something that a lot of product development folks, as well as entrepreneurs, business leaders are always looking for is that aha moment that, yeah, you know yeah. what, my user sees the value and this is the yeah. best feedback you can get. Yeah. And to me, I think it's one step more than that. Honestly, it's even more than that they see the value of what we've done. 
it's that they've gone from being a skeptic to being a collaborator. Like yeah. they want to help us do more. And that's when you're not just, you're not just, it's not just pride of ownership in what we built, but like, it feels like we're catalyzing a change. And that, that even more so. I mean, that's, that's my passionate enthusiasm for making healthcare better. It, it really lights a fire under that when I see that, that moment of shift. Yeah, for sure. So Ray, tell me about an exciting project that you guys are working on today. <laughs> I feel like we're doing that every day. Um, you know, we're continuing to build out BrightMD so that more health systems can serve more of their patients. We're now uh, accessible to 8 million patients, 30,000 providers, and we're letting them get that high quality, affordable, accessible, efficient care for almost 60% of primary care. But I suppose exciting projects now, we are, we're now growing into these adjacent spaces. So we started out in episodic care. So conditions that happen and need care, but are time limited. But we've now grown into some of these adjacent spaces, and that's really exciting. You know, we just launched our low back pain module, and that's you know it gets patients timely access to care for a condition that can be really debilitating and difficult, and it not only helps them get a diagnosis and get treatment, but it connects them with the resources that they need to better manage their low back pain, and in fact, even helps combat some of the challenges that we're facing around the opioid crisis. You know, and rather than getting somebody pills, we get them connected with skills. And I suppose on a, we get them referred downstream into physical therapy, get them connected with what they need. And then on a very related note, you know, we're now also, we just launched our first mental health condition coverage. So we're now supporting care for depression and anxiety and PTSD and adjustment disorder. These are things that underlie not only are they important in and of themselves, because this is stuff that people really struggle with and in fact struggle to get access to get care. Uh, huge numbers of people are either either struggle under the stigma of mental health where they're not comfortable coming in and talking about it with their provider. They struggle with the lack of capacity. We don't have enough providers to get them the care that they need. So I love that we're helping on both of those fronts. But that same thing, connecting patients with skills, not just pills, it's important. Antidepressants are an important part of supporting care, and we enable that. But we're also connecting them with both digital and traditional human downstream services to improve their management of their mental health as well. And since that is both an ongoing condition and underlying a lot of the challenges that we see in chronic disease management of other areas, I'm really excited about us being there and helping to support that. That's a really exciting area for us to be getting into. Definitely exciting, Ray. So folks, if you guys are, are wanting to learn more about what BrightMD is up to, Ray will definitely provide you with a, a great way to access their work, their website here at the, at the end of the podcast. Getting to the lightning round of our show, Ray, and then we'll conclude this section. We're going to build a mini syllabus for the listeners. I've got a couple questions for you. I'll ask. These are brief answers, followed by a book that you recommend to the listeners. You ready? I think so. Lightning rounds always make me nervous, but uh, <laughs> let me see what we can do. <laughs> All right. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? I think it comes back to that same thing of recognizing the underlying issue and then building tools that help actually address that rather than taking solutions and going looking for problems. So I think that's the, it's critical. Love it. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? 
So for healthcare as a whole, uh, rather than myself, because uh, I think we already talked about that one, I think it's, I, I see a lot of healthcare continuing to think that our industry can move slowly into consumer digital and not be disrupted. And Sun Microsystems and Kodak and Blockbuster and Sears all argue otherwise. And I think health systems are starting to recognize that. I'm seeing that tonal shift, and but it, it's a, a mistake or a pitfall that I think people have to be figuring this one out. How do you stay relevant despite constant change? Read a lot and listen a lot and listen for those underlying needs, not the answers. Hire really bright, talented, open-minded, passionate people and build a culture of innovation where ideas and insights are valuable, where failures are embraced, where nobody needs to be right, but that everybody is responsible for ensuring that we do the right thing. That's a hard question to answer, a probably longer one than deserves for a lightning round. But no, it's perfect. That's, uh, <laughs> to the point. I love it. What's uh, one area of focus that drives everything in your organization? Our mission. Our mission to transform healthcare, to empower providers to deliver better care for patients and their values, the values that we as a company uh, aspire to constantly. I suppose that's two, but hopefully that, hopefully that works. <laughs> it does it. It does, it does the job, Ray. And the last two here are a little more on the personal note. What is your number one health habit? I have uh, most relatively recently, like in the last year, taken up pretty actively meditation. And I think that it comes back to one of those challenges that I had mentioned earlier in the interview as I'm aspiring to let go of things and let my really talented team move them forward better than I could have. Being self-reflective, taking that time to just sit has been a very powerful health habit and a new one for me. That's great, right? And, and what is your number one success habit? Knowing what you're aiming for, being very clear about what the endpoints are and what matters, and then letting go of the things that don't. Being disciplined about the process of, uh, my dad used to say life is a series of stacked rankings and uh, knowing what's most important and putting your energy towards that, what you can make the most impact towards and recognizing that the best way to make an impact. I love it. Great message. And, uh, what book would you recommend to the listeners, right? Uh, you caught me. I, uh, I mentioned reading <laughs> a lot. I could go through a litany of them. I do read a lot. Healthcare specific. Um, Any, anything in general. I mean, whatever, whatever pops yeah, to your yeah. mind first. So, yeah, The Healing of America is a fabulous primer on the different ways that healthcare can happen. Just read a great book called Switch about it's how to drive change when change is hard. Really excellent framework around that. Uh, we've been using, there's a classic, but uh, Lencioni's Five Dysfunction of the Team brought that one back out recently. I've been working with, that's a funny thing to say about your executive team, but if you read the book, it's less about dysfunction and more about how to be more functional. And actually, my wife got me back into science fiction recently. It's always fascinating to read science fiction and realize how many ideas that we have now that we take for granted came from the creative mind of science fiction writers. It's so, pretty amazing. Uh, I agree. Yeah. It's stunning. It's amazing. Stunning. I'm like, oh my God, there's so <laughs> many interesting ideas. How do they, it's the creativity. It's cool. It's really yeah, cool. Yeah, it's like this book was written in the 60s and this thing just came out in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's, it's wild. It's really wild. So yeah, that was not one book, I suppose, but it, it's, uh, it would be hard for, it'd be like trying to pick my favorite music or favorite song. No, uh, it yeah. depends on, depends on what I'm trying to do or what, uh, 
Depends. I suppose no, that's a quick great, answer. <laughs> a great example, folks. There's a, a collection of readings from Ray Constantini, <laughs> Constantini. And, uh, and so take a listen, check those out. You could check out all of these uh, links as well as the full transcript of our discussion and a short version. Go to outcomesrocket.health in the search bar, type in Ray Costantini or type in Bright MD and you'll find the show notes there. Before we conclude, Ray, I'd love if you could just share a closing thought and then the best place the listeners could learn more about you and your company. I really enjoyed talking with you. Uh, this was fun. I hope that hopefully even a little bit of what we, uh, what we get a chance to talk about was impactful for folks and helps continue to drive velocity of outcomes in healthcare. So thank you. I appreciate the time, Saul. Absolutely, Ray. And and if the listeners want to check you out, uh, the website for your yeah. business? Our website is bright.md, B-R-I-G-H-T dot M-D, or they could email us at info at bright.md. Outstanding. Ray, thanks again for your time. Really appreciate you carving it out for us and uh, sharing your insights. A pleasure. Thanks again, Saul. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more.